Hello, hello. I'm Jessica, and this is the How I Met Myself podcast, a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, and I am so excited to be with you here today in December as we are approaching the last couple of weeks of 2023. I just returned from Vermont. I was there for just a couple of days with my husband for a little last minute getaway. We just really needed to take some time to connect with each other. We have two young kids and it's just, it's not always easy to do that at home. And it was such a an incredible trip. It, it was just so nice to have that time together. And we were staying at this property that's called Twin Farms. It's a place that has been on my bucket list for almost 10 years. I think I first heard about it close to 10 years ago. And it's a really special place. It is in a a small town that's not too far from a place called Woodstock, Vermont, and it's about an hour and a half from Burlington. And it's just, it was a winter wonderland. There was snow on the ground, and yet it was sunny and, and mostly blue skies the whole time we were there, albeit it was it was cold. It did get down to uh, 11 degrees, which for someone coming from LA, that was very, very chilly. But it was it was just so cozy. They had wood-burning fireplaces, and it's just this really special place. The service, the food, the staff, everything was just incredible. And I feel so fortunate to have had the chance to stay there. It's a very historical place, actually. The author, Sinclair Lewis, lived there at one point. And the the man who actually had the vision to turn it into a hotel, he was a huge art collector. And so there's just there's incredible art throughout the property. And we went snowshoeing. We did yoga. They had a Japanese bathhouse where we got to relax and warm up our muscles that were very sore after snowshoeing, which by the way, I had never snowshoed before. It is no joke. It is a workout. Anyway, though, it was it was just such a, a wonderful time, a great way to just be out in nature and really clear my head. I, I think I've been feeling like things were just a bit cloudy and I had been having kind of a, a creativity block, certainly writer's block. And even when I meditated, I felt like it was a little bit harder for me to really drop in and, and connect to spirit. And after this trip, it just felt like everything was was cleared out. And I just, I came back with so much clarity, so much energy, so many new ideas just were flowing. And so I just think it's so important to try to get away, especially going somewhere like 
that's outside of your normal environment. You know, being being here in LA, like we're not we're near the ocean, but we don't have forest and and snow. And so, you know, it just it was really nice to to get into a different landscape and a different climate and it just felt so cozy and yeah so highly recommend taking taking some time if you can to to do that especially if you are feeling a little bit stuck and as i return from this trip and we are in december i'm just i'm feeling like so high vibe and happy and it's so nice to go into the holidays in that headspace. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that I can really ride this high for as long as possible and, and share this light with everyone that I am coming into contact with over the holidays and, and just really get to enjoy the rest of this, this season with my family. So today, as we are approaching the end of the year, I really wanted to do an episode that was kind of a look back at 2023 and also, of course, a look ahead at 2024 and what we what we've experienced energetically in the collective and also what we might experience coming up next year. And then I also want to talk about resolutions and I think that, you know, there's there's so many different ways that you can set your resolutions and I wanted to share with you a few of the approaches that I like to use and just give you kind of a framework to work with as you're considering how you want to approach 2024. So that's what today's episode is all about. Before I jump in, I just wanted to give you a heads up to make sure to listen all the way to the end because toward the end of this episode, I am going to be sharing a special announcement and I have a gift for you, for my listeners, as a thank you for being such an incredible community and so supportive. And so I want to give this gift to you this holiday season, but you have to make sure to listen all the way to the end of the episode where I share what this gift is and how you can receive it. Okay, I want to start by talking about 2023. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on the last year and, you know, it's been a really big growth year for me and I think that's true of a lot of people. But the growth has been internal. It's been a period of introspection and really doing a lot of work to examine the different parts of ourselves, to understand our core wounds, to heal those, and to integrate different experiences from our lives. As I feel into the energetics of the year, it feels dark, not in a tragic way, I think we experienced that type of darkness more between 2020 and 2022, but it just feels like 2023 was a final journey inward and really preparing us to emerge as somebody new in 2024. 
It's almost as though there were all these initiations that happened between 2020 and 2022 where our core wounds were really activated and we were sort of forced into a very intense growth phase. And 2023 felt like the year that we integrated everything. It was like a bonus lap where the universe wanted to make sure that we really integrated all of the lessons that those initiations brought. I say this because I think a lot of people were doing the hard work this year. The hard work being the internal work, facing the parts of us that aren't easy to face. And so I think that there's been a tremendous amount of growth that's not necessarily visible or tangible or measurable, but it's also probably the most important type of growth. So I encourage everyone to do a look back, a personal recap of 2023. And where I would start is actually go back to December of 2022. Think about where you were then. How were you feeling? What was really consuming your energy? What thoughts were running through your mind? What were you looking forward to in 2023? What were your ambitions? What were you hoping to let go of from 2022? Getting to look back from where you are now is so informative and illuminating. So much of what was consuming us then has moved out of focus now. And this gives us perspective on where we stand today. Because we can do the same exercise by fast-forwarding to December of 2024. And then we can look back at where we are today. What will still be at the forefront? And what will have faded away? What will we have achieved? How will we have grown? For me personally, when I look back at where I was in December of 2022, I see myself with the idea for this podcast. It wasn't yet launched. I was just learning to use podcasting software, but I had a lot of fear and there was uncertainty around whether I would actually go through with it. It had also only been a couple of months since I had had a miscarriage. My body was still in transition and I had a lot of confusion about whether I wanted to try to conceive again or if I would be content with our family of four. My commitment to spirituality and to meditation were still in their nascent stages. I was still new to these practices and had so much to learn. My understanding of my own programming and core wounds from childhood, from my ancestral lineage and past lives was pretty limited. There were aspects of my relationship with my husband that hadn't been explored and talked openly about together. From where I stand now, so much growth across all of these areas has occurred. All of these areas are still very important in my life, but there were also things that were top of mind last year that don't really matter anymore. And so I think it's a worthwhile exercise to examine where you came from a year ago and where you are today. And then you can do the same practice as you look ahead to the new year. 
journal on where you are now so that you have a record that you can refer back to throughout the year and then again at the end of the year to see what still has your attention and what fell off. As we start to look ahead to 2024, this is when we start to formulate our resolutions. We think about what we want to achieve, what change we want to bring about. And I love the fresh start energy that New Year's brings. And I really think that 2024 is all about emerging from this more introspective period and stepping into your power as this new embodied person. For me, 2024 is the last year of my 30s. I'll turn 40 in 2025. And so I really view this year as prep for the next decade. Who am I in my 40s? How am I stepping into that role with these lessons that I've gained over the last few years? In general, I love the new year because it is this opportunity to take stock of where we are in our lives and think about where we want to go in the future. I love how motivating it is. And because setting New Year's resolutions is such a widely adopted practice, there's a collective energy in the air that supercharges us and motivates us in a way that doesn't exist at other times of the year. And at the same time, as much as I like the tradition of setting New Year's resolutions, they are often abandoned and forgotten after a short time. I read that 45% of Americans set New Year's resolutions and only 8% are successful in achieving their goals. I've been considering why it is that most New Year's resolutions fall by the wayside, and I've been thinking about different ways that we can approach them. First, I think that we often start from a place of self-shaming. There's a narrative in our heads, I'm not happy with my body, and the resolution is to lose weight, or I've been spending too much money, so the resolution is to save more. There's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to change a habit, but when negative self-talk is underneath the resolution, we're unlikely to succeed at actually making meaningful change. When we focus too much on the negative of where we are currently, our spending habits, our exercise habits, our eating habits, we live in the frequency of shame. This is the frequency of our current state, the very state that we want to change. If we start from a shameful place, we can only expect that our behavior will reflect that frequency. In other words, we will continue to do things that make us feel shameful about ourselves. If we want to make a lifestyle change, we need to reframe the goal to focus on the feeling and frequency that we'll have once we have made the behavioral changes. How will it feel to have exercise and eating habits that make us feel energized and confident? What will it feel like when we see our savings account has increased? When we act in alignment with the way we want to feel, the current of fear that we have been used to dissolves. So if there are lifestyle changes that you want to make in 2024, 
I encourage you to move away from shaming yourself for your current behavior and focus on the future feeling instead. You can create some affirmations that are in the present tense that embody the feeling that you will have when practicing the behaviors you you desire. For example, I am full of energy. I feel comfortable and confident in my body. I trust the financial choices I make. I feel abundant and have confidence in my resources. Another reason I think resolutions fail is because we don't make a specific plan for how we are going to achieve our goals, or we choose a program that's too rigorous and not practical. If you have a tangible goal or lifestyle change you want to make, it's helpful to create a plan for how you will accomplish it. I think it's good to keep the plan somewhat high level and malleable because when it's too rigorous, it's easy to give up. If your goal is about changing your body, you could establish a few sub goals. For example, you could say, I'm going to exercise three to five times per week. And then you could select a couple of classes or home exercises that you're going to do and decide what time of day you're going to do them. There's evidence that suggests if you do something for three weeks, you build a habit, and it becomes much easier to sustain after that. So you could set an initial goal to stick with this new program for three weeks, and then just take it three weeks at a time after that. When you're coming up with your plan, it's important to remember the cyclical nature of life and the world we live in. When we set too rigid of a plan, we don't allow room for the natural rhythm of life. Another way to approach your plan is to think about the year more holistically. Are there times during the year that naturally lend themselves to more restraint, discipline, contraction? And then what are the periods that are more celebratory in nature and are opportunities to indulge a bit more or pull back from the rigidity? Right now, we're in the holiday season, which is a time of celebration. You might be wrapping up some projects and trying to hit your end-of-year goals, but as we near the end of the month, we pull back a bit. We spend more time with our families and friends. We feast. We give and receive gifts. It's an expansive time. And then there are other times of the year when there's a natural contraction, For some people, they follow a liturgical calendar that acts as a guide for the ebbs and flows of the year. For others, they're looking to the seasons for guidance. And still others, it might be helpful to just come up with your own calendar that's customized to the events and circumstances of your life. A good practice to go along with setting your resolutions is to create your own calendar and identify the periods that are more expansive and then the ones that ask for a bit more contraction. It could be that you have a big trip planned over the summer and you know you're going to be in more of a celebration mode during that time. So maybe before the trip, you identify that period as a bit more restrictive, more disciplined, more focused. The calendar gives you structure to operate within and also gives you permission to experience these ebbs and flows rather than putting so much pressure on yourself to be a certain way all of the time. The other reason we fail at achieving our resolutions is a lack of accountability. 
I don't know if any of you follow Gretchen Rubin's work. She is the creator of The Happiness Project, and she has something called the Four Tendencies Personality Framework. At a high level, there are four personality types. The first she calls upholders, and upholders just want to know what should be done. Then you have the questioners, and those are people who want justifications. Then you have obligers, and obligers really need external accountability. Last one is rebels, and rebels want freedom to do something their own way. So if you're a person who needs external accountability, hello obligers, then it's a good idea to share your resolutions with friends and family. And maybe consider getting a coach or joining a community or group program that really fosters that accountability. For some people, writing down your goals and just coming back to that piece of paper every so often is enough. And for others, sharing your goals with other people, your loved ones, that also works. But then, like I said, there's others that really need a bit more accountability. So it's important to know what works for you. What's your type when it comes to, you know, meeting meeting goals? Okay, so we've talked a little bit about why people often fail at meeting their resolutions and how to do it a little differently so that you're less likely to fail. But now I actually just want to talk about different ways to approach resolutions. There's sort of different categories of resolutions that you could choose to set. So the first category is what we've already been referencing, and these are goal-oriented lifestyle changes. So it's like, I want to lose weight, I want to quit smoking, I want to save more money, I want to get a new job. These are things that are part of your everyday life. They're habits or, you know, like the job one, it's, it's, it's something you do every day that you are looking to change. So that's one way of of setting a new year's resolution another way is to choose a focus area for the year and this is actually what i did last year and we'll definitely do it again this year i like to choose one word because i think it really forces you to get very clear and narrow on what you want to focus on for the year last year the word i chose was voice and This made a lot of sense because I was considering launching a podcast, so I was going to be, you know, exploring this new channel to express myself. And it was important to me that I really start to step into my power, to reclaim my power and speak up in my personal relationships, to also use my voice in my community. I did this exercise with my husband last year, and I think he would be okay with me sharing the word he chose. It was gratitude. I'll share a few others just to get your wheels turning. Another one that you could do is forgiveness, discipline, humor, service, authenticity, agency, 
community, health, mental health, self-care, family. You can choose something that's tangible or something that's more intangible, but equally as important. You know, as you can see, like family, mental health, health, these are maybe a bit more tangible communities as well, self-care. And then some of those other ones like forgiveness, humor, authenticity, these are more intangible. So you can start here just choosing a word as the overarching theme for the year. And then you could create sub-goals underneath that word that map to this theme. So for me, I started with voice. And then some of the goals were as follows. Number one was just to open my throat chakra. So I, my plan for how to do that was I was going to do meditations that really focused on that chakra. I wanted to do the work to understand the blockages that had caused the chakra to contract. So that included inner child work, past life work, really looking at why my voice is kind of a core wound and, and then healing that. The second goal was to launch the podcast. The third was to exercise greater personal agency in my relationships. I think that the best way to approach this style of resolution, if you even can call it that, is to look at the areas of your life where you most want to grow. Imagine all the different areas of your life along the x-axis in a bar chart. Certain areas you might feel really solid in. For example, maybe you have a very rich social life. That bar would be taller. And then there are areas in which you feel there's a deficit, where there's more room for growth. So those would be shorter. Maybe you pick one of those to be your focus area for the year. And remember, it can be something less tangible, like the one I chose last year is not really tangible. Your job is to identify the growth area that becomes your top focus for the year. Ask yourself, where do I want to be at the end of the year with with regards to these different growth areas? And then pick the one that's most important, that feels most urgent and will have the biggest impact on your life. One exercise you can do to help you choose is to fast forward to the end of 2024 and see what it feels like to have grown in that area. If that feels like something you would be really proud of and something that would make a big impact on you and your life, then it's probably a good area to choose. If there's a different area that feels more pressing, even if it feels more challenging, pick that one. When you're measuring success in terms of the growth in a given area, rather than a binary, did you or didn't you achieve a specific goal, there's not much room to fail. So this is another reason why I just love this approach to resolutions. The third category or approach is more like manifesting. It's easy to confuse goal setting with manifesting because in both cases, you're stating something that you desire. But the distinction is with goal setting, there's more strategy involved. You have a specific plan with steps you're going to take to achieve your goal. 
in business, for example, you have a goal to reach a certain sales target and then you would identify the actions you're gonna take to get there. What are the marketing efforts you're gonna do? You need to identify your leads and then what are your different sales tactics? With manifesting, there's not as much strategy involved. You still have to take inspired action, but there's room for magic. There's flexibility because spirit is involved. You're focusing on the feeling that you'll have when you get the thing you desire, and you have faith in the universe that the path you need to take to get there will be revealed to you. Your job is to identify what you want and the associated feeling, and then as you visualize and feel that feeling, you're sending a signal to the universe to do its part of the job. I tend to think of this category as more visionary than the goals that I referenced in the beginning. It's taking a step back and dreaming a little. What do I want my life to look and feel like? What do I want to create? Give yourself a blank space to create from rather than staying within the confines of your current circumstances. Don't get hung up on the how. This is your chance to use your imagination and create the life you really want. Maybe it's a romantic relationship you want to call in. Maybe you're already in a relationship and you want to establish new ways of connecting or communicating, problem solving together. It could also be a career. Let go of a specific timeline. With manifesting, you have to acknowledge that there are other forces at play. And that means the timeline is much more fluid. Another part of that acknowledgement is that the outcome may not perfectly mirror what you visualized. It might be a slightly different take because spirit is always making sure that what you receive is aligned with what is the highest good for all. It's a co-creation process, which means you have to surrender control and allow the universe to work its magic. There's one last type of resolution that often gets overlooked, and that is a resolution that's not about self. It's not about self-improvement, but rather it is about others. One of the biggest shifts I've made in my life over the last year or two is this mental shift towards service of others and really trying to identify how I am uniquely meant to serve as my purpose in life. I think it's a good practice to set a resolution that is not self-serving, but rather serves others. It could be showing gratitude to the people in your life who are less visible, but who really make an impact on you. I think about the post lady who delivers our mail every day. I think about the security guard who keeps my children safe at school. I think about the crosswalk attendant. There are small behavioral changes that I can make to show them how grateful I am for their service. You could also make a resolution to pray for others daily or once a week. People in your community, people who are experiencing hardship, who are sick, who are living in war-stricken areas. You could also identify a volunteer opportunity or plan to spend more time with an elderly relative. 
It doesn't really matter what you choose. It just needs to be something that you feel connected to and that will help you become more oriented towards serving others. All of these approaches that I've just shared about making resolutions are valid, and I really like to do a combination of them. I really like the simplicity and clarity of picking one word to focus on for growth, and I really like to just start there. I think it's the best starting point, but I also really like the third approach that gives us permission to dream because there really are infinite possibilities. And I also see the value, of course, in setting more tangible goals and creating a plan or a calendar. And then I think the last one that is about serving others should be on everyone's list. One of these approaches might resonate with you more so than another, and you should go with your gut. If you want to be really comprehensive, you can do all of them. And I think I said this at the beginning, but I really recommend starting with a 2023 look back because I think you'll find a lot of wisdom in looking at the areas where you experienced a lot of growth, as well as looking at the areas that were more challenging and also the ones that maybe just weren't that prominent. I think another good place to start is asking yourself, what are you fearful of right now? Because often it is what we are most afraid of that is asking for our attention. If you want a little guidance on developing your resolutions or your goals or dreams or these focus areas for 2024, I would love to help you. I am really excited to announce that I am going to start working one-on-one with clients next year in a coaching healer capacity. Think life, career coach meets therapist meets healer. I'm not a therapist, but I have been uh, working with a mentor to learn a variety of different healing modalities. And I also just have a lot to share when it comes to the types of things that we talk about on this podcast. And so I would love to work with you. My offering is really going to focus on helping you get clarity on your life's purpose and how to embody it. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to look at your passions, your talents, your dreams, and then we'll also look at what's holding you back. What are your core wounds? We'll look at inner child stuff, anything that's keeping you from fully embodying your purpose. I'll be launching that in the new year. And if you want to join the waiting list to work with me, you can email me at howimetmyselfpod at gmail.com. Or you can always DM me on Instagram, which it's at underscore howimetmyself. But my special gift to you this holiday season is that I am opening up three spots to work with me on your 2024 resolutions, and these will be totally complimentary for the first three people to sign up. If you are interested, message me on the aforementioned channels, and I've also included my contact info in the show notes. It's there for every episode, actually, if you ever want to reach out. These are going to be one-hour sessions, and like I said, totally free to you, and I will be doing these throughout the month of January, and there's also still a few opportunities left in December before things get too crazy with the holidays. 
But don't feel pressure to have all of your resolutions locked and loaded by December 31st. I think of the whole month of January as a transition or planning month. And I actually think December can be a really difficult time of year to get clear on our intentions for the next year. We're wrapping up projects from 2023. We're busy with all of the holiday events. We're holiday shopping. It's just a really crazy time. And you really need a clear headspace to identify what is most important for you to focus on for the following year. So if you need a little bit of help with this, I would love to connect with you, to work with you, and this is your chance to do it for free. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, as I think about this past year and what I'm really grateful for that came from this year is this community that has formed and grown. You, the people who are listening to this podcast and who are choosing to spend your time here, I am so grateful for you. And if you feel compelled, I would love for you to share this podcast with your friends. The easiest way to do that is to post on Instagram and tag me. That way I can say hello, I can thank you. And you can also always leave a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple. It really does help me because it allows the show to reach more people when people search for these kinds of topics. So it would mean so much to me as a holiday gift if you could leave that review and rating. Thank you so much again, and I will see you all next time.